Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Jesus came to tear down the systems that are in place and not like God's kingdom. James Cone said that God is on the side of the oppressed. I've been saying it time and time again. I don't understand how you can claim to love God, how you can claim to be a, a follower of Jesus, but then stand by idly while people are being mistreated. Stand by idly while people are being oppressed. Stand by and say nothing while your people are hurting. How can you love God who you have never seen, but you don't love your neighbor who you see every day? Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message will come from the gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. I'll be reading the 20th through the 33rd verse. Again, that is John chapter 12, verses uh, 20 through 33. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Let's see what the Word of God has to say for us today. Amen. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had, a, it had thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. God's word for God's people, and God's people said amen. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for the dawning of a new day. We thank you for your grace and mercy. 
Lord God, I come before you as humbly as I know how, asking that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Allow your word to shine through. Hide me behind your cross so that people can see Jesus and want to know Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together, I would like to talk about a magnetic Messiah. A magnetic Messiah. I am interested in people who have what I would call a magnetic personality. People who are able to draw others to them. People who have others naturally gravitate to them. If there is someone who people naturally follow, I wonder what is it about that person that draws people to them. Uh, when I was growing up in school and there was a kid that was popular or more popular than others, I would wonder what is it about that person that makes them popular? Uh, what made them so popular? What draws people to that person? And later on, I would wonder about some of the famous people, famous activists. What got people to follow these famous activists? What draws people to follow a Martin Luther King Jr.? What draws people to follow a Mahatma Gandhi? What draws people to follow a Mother Teresa or a Harriet Tubman? I recently finished watching uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. It's a movie based on Fred Hampton, uh, chairman of the Illinois chapter of the, new, of the Black Panther Party uh, in the late 60s. Uh, my wife has had to put up with my imitations after watching the movie because of the way he talks, because he would talk about how he lives for the people and he's gonna die for the people. Hampton helped to form a rainbow coalition. This was an organization that got people from all over of all colors and creeds, thus calling it a rainbow coalition, and helped them form this. He was able to get uh, the Young Patriots, uh, an organization of Southern whites that were living in Chicago during the 60s. He was able to get Latino organizations to come together and African-American organizations to come together. He was able to bring these people all together to help people in the community. Hampton's work caught the attention of then FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, who by his own words wanted to prevent the rise of another black messiah that could bring unity and coalition amongst black political groups. So they did to Chairman Hampton what they did to so many of our other black leaders with uh, disinformation and, and putting in uh, paid informants and, and propaganda campaigns and all of these things to discredit uh, a black leader for trying to do something for his people. All he was doing was giving out free breakfast and trying to get kids educated and, and protecting uh, the community 
from police brutality and other brutality going on, but they didn't like that. Attracting people sometimes attracts people that don't have your best interest in hand, at hand. And Hampton was unfortunately killed by police officers in his own apartment at 4 a.m. in 1969. You know, my mother and grandmother say from time to time that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And uh, I have another friend that takes a more negative view of it, and she would say from time to time that the squeaky wheel gets removed. Hampton was too loud for J. Edgar Hoover's tolerance, and Hoover sought to get rid of him. Magnetic personalities have both positive and negative consequences. We find somebody with a magnetic personality here in scripture. In the gospel, according to John, Jesus has come to Jerusalem a week before the Passover. Jesus has been living for the people. Jesus has been helping the people. Jesus has been healing the sick. He's been opening blinded eyes. He's been setting the captives free. He's been healing the brokenhearted. He's been raising people from the dead. He's been walking on water. He's been feeding uh, the multitude with two fish and five loaves of bread. He has uh, been going on. Matter of fact, when we get to the point in the, the scripture that was read, this is not too far removed from him raising Lazarus from the dead. And the powers that be don't like that. He's been doing just a little bit too much for the people. Uh, and so the people in the community are being helped by Jesus. And not only are these people being helped, uh, there are people outside that are starting to hear about Jesus and want to come see him. Uh, the text says that uh, in verse tw uh, 20, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Uh, the, Watch the text here because when it says these are certain Greeks, they are not talking about Greek-speaking Jews. Uh, the, the, the area had been colonized, and so these Hebrew, there were Hebrew people who knew how to speak Greek. But when it says these are certain Greeks, they are talking about actual born and bred Greeks who did not grow up in the religion, but they have converted to the religion because of this man named Jesus. They have made this pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. These people are not born into the faith. And the powers that be, the Pharisees, don't like that. I started in verse 20. Uh, but in verse 19, if you go and read it on your own, uh, it, it says that the Pharisees were upset about Jesus helping the people, uh, opening blinded eyes and raising the dead and healing the sick and healing the brokenhearted and, and raising the people up. And so they said uh, they were they said that they were worried that the world was coming to this man. Uh, we hear the Pharisees fearful prophecy in verse 19, and we see it come true in verse 20. 
the powers that be are having their status quo changed. They're, they're, they're having this, this, this thing that they've gotten used to being in power over, and it's flipping over. You have the Pharisees who were supposed to be uh, the pillars of the community. They were the ones that were supposed to be in charge. But here you have this man from Galilee who has turned it over. And not only is he uh, helping out the Jews, but he's helping out the Gentiles. He's helping out the Greeks. He's helping out. They have people from the outside willing to want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. And they're watching it happen right <laughs> before their eyes. Uh, Jesus knows with all the chains that he is bringing out, along with the fact that he is there to free us from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin, that he's going to have to die for the people. So when those Greeks come and he says that my hour is near, Jesus knows that his hour is coming. His time is almost up. He does not have long for this world. But he's here to make a change. You see, uh, when the text says that the ruler of this world is going to be cast out or driven out, a more literal translation uh, for the Greek phrasing of this world is system. Jesus came to tear down the systems that are in place and not like God's kingdom. James Cone said that God is on the side of the oppressed. I've been saying it time and time again. I don't understand how you can claim to love God, how you can claim to be a follower of Jesus, but then stand by idly while people are being mistreated. Stand by idly while people are being oppressed. Stand by and say nothing while your people are hurting. How can you love God who you have never seen, but you don't love your neighbor who you see every day? Jesus is coming to tear down this system of oppression. Jesus is coming to tear down these hierarchies that have been put in place to try to separate and control people. He's here to tear it down. That's why he said in verse 26 that the ruler of this world is not long for now is going to be driven out. James Cone said again that God is on the side of the oppressed and that's been evident since Exodus, uh, when God told Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He was on the side of the oppressed as the kingdom was captured and taken over all through the Old Testament. He was uh, on the side of the oppressed in the New Testament when they were under Roman colony. He's on the side of the oppressed during the Middle Passage. He's on the side of the oppressed during segregation and Jim Crow. He's on the side of the oppressed in the New Jim Crow. He's on the side of the oppressed during the redlining. He's on the side of of the oppressed in the school to prison pipeline. God is on the side of the oppressed. And Jesus is here to tear those systems down. And because he's doing the work, people are attracted to him. That's why he says, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's his spiritual magnetism at work. He attracts. And once the power of that attraction gets a hold of you, there is no resisting. It is just going to bring you along. 
But this is nothing new for Jesus. Ah, at his birth, he attracted shepherds to the Bethlehem hillside. Later on, attracted some wise men to bring him uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, when he was 12 years old at the temple, he attracted the wise men to him because he was there listening and asking questions. When he went out to start his ministry, he attracted fishermen to his side who left their nets down and, and tax collectors who put down their accounting books. Even the wise Pharisee Nicodemus was attracted to him at night in John chapter 3 when he wanted to know how he could be born again. When he was asking, what must I do to become saved? Jesus attracted to his side women like Martha and Mary and men like Lazarus. Even the Roman governor Pilate felt the pull of his magnetism when he attracted and when he interrogated him. When you are doing the work and you are doing the genuine work, people are attracted to that authenticity. But as Jesus did it back then, Jesus can do the same thing for you today. Have you ever felt the pull of his love in your life calling you out of ungodly habits have you ever experienced the fascination that comes from hearing a story told over and over again at every church at every age? Have you ever turned to him in grief or worry or fear and discovered at the center of your being a calm and peaceful place where none of life's storms can harm you? If you've felt that, you've felt that very magnetism. That's probably the reason you have even tuned in today to watch. Jesus understood that authenticity, and that authenticity attracted people to him. But he also understood that there has to be some sacrifice. A seed of wheat is sacrificed but when that seed is sacrificed, it makes much more wheat. Jesus is God in the flesh, coming to reconcile humanity back to God. Jesus knew his hour was coming because he knew he was going, what he was going to have to do. And that was willingly sacrifice himself so that all of creation could have access to eternal life. I remember a scene from Judas and the Black Messiah where Hampton was put in jail for ice cream, of all things. And then uh, the Black Panther Party's headquarters got blown up. Hampton expected when he got out of jail to come back to a pile of rubble, destroyed, but the community that was attracted to Hampton banded together and helped to rebuild the headquarters. People rise up to make a change in the community or the world at large, and sometimes people in power 
do not like that change. That is why so many of our great leaders end up getting killed. But see, the thing is, is while Jesus was raising up a community, while Jesus was making the change, while Jesus was healing the people and healing the broken hearts of the people and opening the blinded eyes of the people and setting the captive people free, while he was feeding the people with two fish and five loaves of bread, they thought that they could kill him and that would be the end of it. However, putting Jesus on the cross was just the beginning. Putting him in trial on some chumped up charges was just the beginning. Whipping him with a cat of nine tails was just the beginning. Blindfolding him and punching him and saying, prophesy, Jesus, tell us which one of us hit you was just the beginning. The crown of thorns was just the beginning. The nails in his hands and feet was just the beginning. Piercing him in his side was just the beginning. Gambling over his clothes was just the beginning. Putting him in a borrowed tomb was just the beginning. Because three days later, early on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands so that all of us who believe in him and believe that God raised him from the dead and that he is the Lord could have access to eternal life, could get the tree of life because it was just the beginning. Death could not hold him. The grave could not contain him. But that is not where the story ends. He is coming back again. Will you be ready? Will you be ready to be attracted to this magnetic Messiah, the one who takes the sins away from the world? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, we love you, we honor you, we praise your holy name. We Thank you for the word that went forth. We thank you for the attraction of this Messiah that attracts things to him to save them and repels things away from us that can harm us like sin and death and hell. Lord God, we ask if there is anybody that doesn't know Christ in the pardoning of their sins, that they will want to get to know him. And let this message be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest through the work of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.